How's everybody doing? Great. All right. I know this is different. If you were here last week, then you know what's going on. Uh, if you weren't here last week, we're doing something completely different. And of course, you can see that as you're looking around and you see everybody sitting at a table. If you're coming in, join a table. We'll wait for you. I'm going to get a light so I can see. Uh, if you have open spots on your table, raise your hand so that people can see you know, where they can join in. Right on. Make it a little bit easy for everybody. All right. Let's go through some announcements real quick, and then uh, then we'll begin, all right? Uh, always, every Sunday uh, at 5 o'clock, we have Celebrate Recovery. Uh, woo Yeah, for Hurts, Habits, and Hang-Ups, if, uh, if you'd like to, to be a part of that, uh, be here at 5 o'clock. We also have small groups uh, this Sunday, so that's also at 5 o'clock, so please join us. We're uh, in the middle of a small group about prayer. And uh, you can come in at any time, even if you haven't been here for the past few weeks. Uh, be a part of that. So uh, that's today. Also, let's see what else we have. Normal stuff. Uh, normal, you know, youth group, hype and King's Kids. Next Sunday, March 4th, you can see on the back of your announcements, is first Sunday. We are having first Sunday, and it's Mexican food. So if you'll bring a dish of Mexican food or something similar, it can be Puerto Rican. John, I know you got a lot of Puerto Rican uh, recipes and stuff. So, uh, go ahead and bring that. That'll, that'll work. Um, also, okay. This is the last week we said last week, this is the last week, but this really is the last week for the weird t-shirts. So if you'd like to, uh, get some of those weird t-shirts, uh, we are taking money. Here's, I saw this on the podium. So, uh, all right. Anybody want some money? So anyway, we have the, the t-shirt, so get it to me, because this is going to be absolutely the last Sunday, unless someone says otherwise, which it happened last week, so I guess it could happen again. But get those t-shirts in, right on. And also, uh, Jeff asked me to, to announce, uh, this upcoming week is uh, the camp. If you've been a part of this church, you know uh, we've advertised this in the past. I think last time that we did this, do they do it quarterly, Jeff, or twice a year? Three times a year. Okay, so the last time we did this, we sent 15 people out of this church. And it is a great, great program. Um, and it's meeting on Friday. And right now, we don't have anybody signed up from our church. If you would like to be a part of that, uh, Jeff would love to talk to you about it, tell you what it's all about. It's kind of a branch off of Celebrate Recovery. It deals with a lot of the same things. Uh, it's more intense. And it's really great. And uh if the people that have gone from our church, they'll tell you. And uh, Jeff can even uh, hook you up with maybe uh, some of the people that have gone. They can tell you how great it is. So if you're interested in that, uh, get with Jeff after church. He's the, the one that looks like Richard Dreyfus with the white hair. That's He does. He does look like Richard. He doesn't have his voice, but he does look like that. All right. That is it for announcements. Okay, Listen. Uh, I know you may be sitting at your table with some strangers, so here's what we're going to do. Uh, you should have on the center of your of your table, Halib's already got that going, you should have a sheet like this that says Table Leader's Guide. Does anybody not have that at your table? Good, I just have one extra then. Great. Okay, so everybody's got one. There are some poll questions on there. What I want you to do, uh, it says uh, at the very top, would you rather poll questions? So... Go through that with your table real quick. I'm just going to give you uh, just for a short amount of time. So get through it. And uh, this is a, a nice breaker. 
Okay. All right, look up here, look up here. Would anybody like to share their cartoon character growing up? Anybody want to share that? Mighty Mouse, okay. My Little Pony? Who said that? Nice, nice. Tasmanian Devil? That fits. Wonder Woman? What'd you? Yosemite Sam. Popeye. Oh, All right. So it's, okay, so that was meant as an icebreaker. So hopefully you're sitting at your table. You, uh, you've kind of broken the ice with each other and feel free to, to, to talk to each other. Okay. Everybody look up here now. That's the, that's the hard part about getting into little groups is to get everybody's attention afterwards. Uh, here's what we got to do. And this is going to, this is going to make commotion again. Uh, here's what you need to do. We did this last week. You need to pick a table leader. So what I'm going to have you do, I'm going to count to, to three and you need to point at who you think should be your table leader and majority rules in this. So, uh, get ready. Ready? One, two, three, go. <clears throat> it's unanimous. Congratulations, table leaders. Congratulations, everybody. So. <laughs> All right, so last week we started a new series called Prodigal Perspectives, and we are dealing with and we're going over the famous parable, the prodigal son, which is uh, found in Luke chapter 15. So let's, let's review a little bit and let's uh, look up to the screen and pull out your, your Bibles. We're uh, looking at Luke chapter 15, starting in verse 11. And he said, this is Jesus, by the way, there was a man who had two sons and the younger of them said to his father, father, give me the share of property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took a journey into a far country. And there he squandered his property in reckless living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him into the fields to feed pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I perish here with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and I will say to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. While he was still long away off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring quickly the best robe and put it on him. And put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring the fatted calf, fattened calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate for this, my, for this, my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found and they began to celebrate. The younger son was the, the one that took his share of his father's estate, his, his wealth. And as an insult to the family, he took off on his own. 
We learned that the younger son lived in excess in a foreign country, and uh, he squandered all of the money that he had, and all his wealth was gone. Then deciding that this lowly living condition was beneath what his father's servants had, he decided to return home back to his father. This week, we're going to explore the perspective of the elder son, not the younger son, but the elder son who is still at home, still working for his father. And uh, so let's uh, watch this video. Hi, I'm Robbie C. Welcome to the second session of Prodigal Perspectives. We're exploring the themes of jealousy, selfishness, and forgiveness through short films based on the prodigal son story in the Bible. You know, last time we heard the story from the perspective of the impatient and selfish younger son. He had to hit bottom before he realized what he was missing at home. And when he finally accepted his father's love and forgiveness, all the guilt and shame melted away. Today, we're going to see the story through the eyes of the elder son and get a glimpse at the bitter but honest feelings of a son who feels slighted. And my brother, Chris C., will help us apply the lessons of the elder son to our own lives. And this week, we're going to read and place ourselves in the role of the older son. I don't know when the last time you felt really lost. As men, sometimes we struggle to admit that we're lost. We now live in a day where you can get a $99 GPS unit. Many of us don't have to feel lost anymore. We are told from a voice in the sky where we are and where we're going. But the truth is, in this story, we find that we're all lost and that the older brother was equally as lost as the younger brother, and maybe more so. In fact, it was his morality uh, that was contributing to how lost he actually was. It was the fact that he was doing the right thing that ultimately causes him to do and become the wrong person. Will you meditate with me on this monologue our friend Jason Hildebrand has put together that helps us enter into this place to better understand how we identify with the older brother. Heed me well, know my journey, and never forget, I am the elder son. Proud I am, and most respected among men, I am my father's most devoted hand. Everything that I do is of the utmost excellence and skill. My father owns many fields and vineyards, and I have earned the rightful position of manager. Can you imagine my surprise the other day when I return home from a laborious day of work to find a party going on at my father's house? I am curious, so I draw near, and there is my father and the entire household leaping and dancing for joy. There, seated at the place of honor at my father's table is my younger brother. Why Sum has returned home from his life of drunkenness, debauchery, and whoring. A party. For this family abandoner, selfish little ingrate, I can't believe he would even return home. 
probably ran out of money and has come crying back to Daddy for some more. Oh, I could have gone with my brother to see the world, seen the sights, lived carefree, and I would have been more successful at it than he was, obviously. But I am much more noble than that. I have a sense of duty. I am required to labor for my father, and so I do so with the utmost excellence and skill. In fact, I believe I am better at running my father's house than he ever was. Oh, sure, I hear the workers talk about his generosity and fairness, but honest hard work comes from fear and discipline. I rule with an iron fist, first there in the morning, last to leave at night. I am the most hard-working of all. So I'm watching this party from a distance when my father spies me. He leaves the party to come and speak with me. Can you believe he has the nerve to invite me to this party? To welcome my brother back into the family. Can you imagine? Never once has he thrown me a party. Never once has he put his most beautiful robe on my shoulders as I see it upon my brother's. He says to me, Son, son, you are with me always. Everything that I have is yours, but we must celebrate for this brother of yours who was lost is now found. This brother of yours who is dead is now alive. I don't understand. I don't understand. I am the one who saw and had to live with my father's brokenness when my brother went off and abused himself. I am the one who sat with him through his hurt, through his pain. I am the one who has toiled away from my father all these many years, and you don't see me complaining. And he has me to take care of things now. I know how to run my father's house. In fact, I don't even consult him anymore. His ways are as old as he is. I will not welcome my brother back to my father's table. He's not earned it. Heed me well. Know my journey, and never forget, I am the elder son. Part of the story that Jesus tells, and the interesting part of the story in many ways, is that we get the ending for the younger son. We don't hear an ending for the older son. We know the father came out to pursue him. We know the father pleaded with him and urged him to come in and to be a part of the party. We don't know if he came in, but we do know in this story that every one of us has a chance to walk away from self-righteousness and anger and entitlement and a feeling that somehow we're justified because of who we are or what we've done. The sad news of this story for many of us is that we have to realize that we have a tendency to look down our nose if you begin to feel entitled or angry or better than, 
you've embraced the role of the older brother. When I was a kid, the first time I shared my faith with a friend, I was in fourth grade. It was my friend Adam. He lived close to us. He was, but he lived in a trailer park, and uh, his life was really different than mine. His parents used a lot of profane language that I wasn't allowed to use around my house. And as he began to come to church with me, I told him the story of Christ and what I learned that Christ had done for us, and he found it to be amazing and uh, attractive. But after three months in the church, he said he no longer found um, the life of faith, if it needed to be within that church, as attractive. The story was still compelling, but Adam had realized in those three months that he would never live up to the standards of the church people. He he wouldn't wear the right t-shirts, he didn't say the right words, and he definitely didn't live in the right place. Religion didn't work for him. And Jesus makes clear it didn't work in that day, and it won't work for us today. I have other friends in Houston that uh, came and moved from New Orleans. They moved after Hurricane Katrina hit. One was actually rescued from her roof. And as I sat and watched some of what was going on in a recent hurricane that hit Houston, she was especially concerned that everyone get out alive. And I thought, how appropriate. When you've been rescued, it's only natural that you think, I I want everybody else to be rescued as well. It's sad and almost silly that for many Christians, they've been rescued from their sins. They've been offered grace. And yet they don't seem concerned that others would be rescued as well. Somehow they feel like they were entitled and maybe others weren't. I pray that as we enter into this story, we realize in the places that we have become like the older brother. I pray that we can embrace the humility of the younger son. That we could fully receive the grace that comes freely from the father. And that all of us would join in the party and be a part of the celebration. Do you feel like the elder son? Do you feel like you have to earn God's love? Do you have bitter feelings towards a family member, a co-worker, or a neighbor because you think you deserve better than they do? I hope there will be lots of discussion as you explore the scriptures together. And don't forget to prepare for next session by going through the further study section at the end of your Bible study. We'll see you next time when we take a look at the prodigal story through the eyes of the Father. Okay, table leaders, on your discussion guide. There are five questions. Go through those first five questions. Uh, Keep in mind that we have a certain amount of time, so go through that. All right. Let's talk about the elder son for a moment, okay? The elder son had a very unique role in his family. He had the job, the duty of keeping all of the father's wealth and his land intact. So it was, it was a very important role, okay? Because if you were to divide the estate, the land, uh, it, it really just tears everything up. It, tears, it makes the father have to uh, basically tear down his whole life in order to give his younger son this amount. And uh, the land, that is, what, uh, that is what the wealth is made up of. Financially, they could not make it if you divide the land, okay? So let's, let's go through this a little bit. We learned that the younger son goes off and starts to squander all of his, uh, every, his inheritance. The elder son, if he was doing his duty, he would have chased after his younger brother because that was his job to keep everything intact. So he wasn't doing his job. Matter of fact, he refused to go after his younger brother. Uh, we learned that he refuses to accept his younger brother back into the family afterwards. Let's actually read this 
in Luke chapter 15, starting in verse 25. Now, his older son was in the field, and he came and drew near to the house. We heard music and dancing. He heard music and dancing. I didn't. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, your brother has come, and your father has killed the fattened calf, because he has received him back safe and sound. But he was angry and refused to go in. His father came out and entreated him. But he answered his father, look, these many years I've served you. I've never disobeyed your command. Yet you've never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fatted calf for him. We just read about a big celebration. And uh, in Judaism, a fattened calf was... Uh, reserved for special occasions, like the Day of Atonement. It wasn't your your typical 4th of July feast with the, the hot dogs and hamburgers and the grill, Steve's grill. It, was, it wasn't like that, Steve. It was, much, it was much better. So you can see why the elder son was, was upset, because he's never had a celebration like that. And uh, he, he wants that big celebration. The elder sons, this is on your, your listening guide right here. Number one, the elder son's response to his father hints at idolatry. He doesn't love his father for his beauty and his love, but rather the father's blessings and things. Doesn't that sound familiar? I mean, in your walk with God, possibly. How many of us are like the elder son and we serve God because of the blessings that he gives us or that free ticket to heaven. How many of us are like the elder brother and we're two-faced because we actually serve God because of what he gives us? Do you serve God because you want to go to heaven or because God is worthy to be praised? That's the question. Number two, There's a difference between the religious and the true Christ follower. The religious person only obeys God to get God's rewards and his blessings. A true follower of Christ just wants God for who he is. The question you have to ask yourself is, do I follow Christ because I want to go to heaven again? Or do I follow him because of who he is? In verse 29, the elder son, he says, All these years I've been slaving for you. And never disobeyed your orders. And the key word in that verse is slaving. How many know there's a difference between slaving and serving? Yeah? All right. The slaving, do you, do you see something? You, you do something because, because you have to. While serving, you do something by choice. Number three, the elder son slaved because he didn't truly love his father. Instead, he gloated in his own self-righteousness. Table leaders, go through the next four questions. All right, as we uh, reflect on the, the spiritual condition of the two sons, we know that the younger son, the younger brother, he had sinned and he chose to humble himself before his father. And while the elder son wasn't even aware of his sin, He thought that he was standing in a good position. But what we know is that the elder son was in the worst position to be in of the two, right? The elder son was self-righteous and looked to his slaving duties 
as his own salvation. He was his own Lord and Savior. He wasn't aware of his father, uh, that his father just wanted him to repent and to return back to him and love him. These words by Jesus further illustrate what's said in Matthew, uh, what, what he said in Matthew chapter 7, verse 21 through 23. This is, uh, this is the scariest verse probably that I can even imagine uh, in the whole Bible. This, this absolutely terrifies me. Again, Matthew seven twenty one. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven on that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, cast out demons in your name, and do many mighty works in your name? And then will I declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. That's a scary, scary verse. And when I look at this parable of the younger son and the elder son, I can't help but think how many of us are standing in that elder son position. How many of us are working, trying to earn our salvation by maybe serving God because he gives us something? How many of us are sitting there thinking, well, maybe maybe my worship really isn't right. All this time I've been thinking about God provides this for me and I love him because of that. Well, you can't help but love him for that. But how many know that God is so worthy to be praised? regardless of whether we go to heaven or not. Amen? Let's not be two-faced. Let's not serve our Father and serve Him and expect something back. If you're expecting in your walk with Christ, you're going to be disappointed. I don't want to be sent away from the Father. Uh, I don't know that anybody does. The only way that I know to to not be sent away from the Father and uh, Jesus' words come into fruition is uh, to love him, to have a relationship with Christ. That's the only way. You've got to love him. Then you can return back to him. Maybe that'll make us a little bit more celebratory when somebody comes into our fold. When somebody comes into the kingdom of God, somebody returns. We can celebrate because we're happy. We're, I mean, that's, it's built on relationship and not about works. Something to think about as we, uh, as we go today. Let's pray real quick, okay? Father, these are some strong words. And when Jesus came onto this earth and he spoke this parable, there's so much inside of a, of a single parable, inside of your teaching. There's so much. God, you, you purpose this. This is your word. Reveal everything there is in this parable to us, Lord, as we're studying this. Help us to build that relationship with you. Help us to not be so wrapped up in our working, in our uh, entitlement 
that we're sons and daughters, Lord, but help us to, to build that relationship up with you, Lord, that it's just pure love, true love. Lord, you loved us and we in return love you back. Help us to fall deeper and deeper in love with you, God. You're so worthy of our praise and our honor. Worship everything that we can give you, God. We just, oh, we just lay it at you. You are awesome. We love you in the name of Jesus. Amen.